In the darkest corners of the internet, a nameless, formless entity has been growing. No one dares question where it was created or what it wants, but those who have been entranced by its musings chant its blood-curdling name in unison. Find Horror Movie Night on your favorite podcasting app or at hmnpodcast.com. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. Hey everybody, I'm Chris Fafalius, and I'm the producer of Chris Makes a Podcast and the host of the One Hit Thunder Podcast. And I'm Matt Kelly, host of Horror Movie Night and the producer slash the head of content for the Geekscape Podcasting Network. Between the two of us, we have, believe it or not, 25 years of podcasting experience, and we want to help you start your own podcast. We know podcasting, and we want to share that knowledge with you. So whether you're new to podcasting or you want some feedback on your currently active podcast, we want to help. Or perhaps you're just overwhelmed with all of the editing work. Well, we can help you with that also. You can contact us at info at weknowpodcasting.com for more information. We're excited to help your podcasting dreams become a reality. Dylan. Hey, Matt. We're looking at each other. I know, dude. It's like <laughs> you're like one of the few people who have been in my house since the beginning of this whole thing. But I trust you. I, I know that we've I, both been uh, we've both been quarantining, and we're keeping a distance. Yes, we are keeping a distance. And as you can attest, I described this on our right after Christmas episode. But where I live is not the same. No, as you're a lot like of behind the a gas station. Yes, I am behind a gas station. <laughs> um, I live in very small town America. Not going to say that the pandemic isn't t- being taken seriously around here, but you still take precautions, but it's not as many precautions as you would have to take if you in were in the city. middle of a city, yeah. for sure. So, this is my topic that we're we're tackling, and yeah. it's kind of a controversial one in the sense that I hear a lot of people talk mad shit on this movie, but I want to talk about why the 2019 Grinch movie that came out from Illumination is the best version of the Grinch. I would agree. And uh, last night as I was scrolling through like the Amazon page and just getting some feedback on this, I didn't remember how reviled this movie People was when it this first movie. came out. I feel like it's getting a little bit more credit. Like it was on it was streaming on Netflix for for about a year yeah. and I feel like during that year people 
kind of came around to it. Yeah, a, a little bit. I know when I first saw it, this is the first time I watched for me um, last Christmas, of course, when it dropped on Netflix. I absolutely loved it, but I'm also in the minority that absolutely hates the 2000s Grinch version. And I think the that 2000s that's why, Jim Carrey version. Yeah, and I mean, that's where we agree because I, I've i never watched that movie in its entirety because I always get frustrated by it. And I'm like, this is so mean, but it's also like, it's kind of an ugly movie to look at. Yeah, the 2000s version of the Grinch was a little peek behind the curtain. I'm I'm younger than Mr. Matt Kelly. Yeah, I was in high school when that. Yeah, dropped. so um, I was eight years old. Okay, when when the Grinch well, Jim Carrey version <laughs> came out, but my family and I went to see it in theaters, and I can honestly say it was the very first movie that when we left the theater, I was like. I did not like that. Yeah. And I saw Godzilla 98 in theaters with my dad. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is super badass. Like, oh my God, look at this. But The Grinch 2000s was the first movie that when we left, I was like, I don't think I like that. I don't think the movie going experience excuses not great movies to me anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. And I know we are both in the minority when it comes to that freeform ABC family, whatever the hell it's called now plays that movie non-stop during the Christmas season. Non-stop. I mean, non-stop. And it is an hour and 45 minutes long. And if you're watching it on TV, it's like two and a half hours long. It's so draining. There's definitely things that I don't love in the 2019 Grinch. I actually saw 2019 Grinch in theaters um, okay. the weekend it came out. Because that was right at the peak of like... Matt has movie pass and he is going to go check out every single film that gets released. Yeah. Unless it just looks like the most garbagey garbage that's ever garbaged. Yeah. And the Grinch wasn't in that category. No. So I went and saw it and I really like I remember walking away and it was me and my friend Crystal went and saw it. And like we both looked at each other and we're like, that was really good. Yeah. And then like we went online and was like, apparently we're the only ones who thought that was really good. Yeah, I don't know if it's nostalgia based or not, because we're reaching that point where two thousands it's twenty years ago. Yeah. So I mean, like, people watch that movie now with like their nostalgia glasses on. They it, it's gotta be. Like it has to be because <laughs> I don't get it at all. The the one thing that I will say against the new Grinch movie, and this is no disrespect to this rapper because I'm a fan of this rapper, but Tyler, the creator's version of the Grinch theme is unlistenable. Yeah. And um, <laughs> again, like you just said, I am, I, I don't know if I'm still a fan of the rapper. I don't listen to yeah. him as much as I used to. It was just a weird choice. Yeah. It was a re really weird choice and it's jarring. Yeah. It's really jarring to hear Tyler, the creator, a guy who got his start in like shock horrorcore rap. Yeah. Um, Doing the Grinch. Yeah, doing the Grinch. The most wholesome of, of, well, not the most wholesome, but pretty damn wholesome. Yeah. It's almost like, <laughs> I think you and I have talked about this already before, but like the one thing that I will give credit to with the 2000 Grinch movie is that the soundtrack is fire. Yeah. And it's like, why not just, no one really gives enough credit to that Busta Rhymes Grinch song. So like... <laughs> Get rid of the Jim Carrey verses and just give me like the Buster Rhymes Grinch rap. Yeah. And I would have been just as happy. I really need to go back and, and re-listen to that. That sounds you brought that up and I, I yeah, it's, it's been so a long good. time. It's got, I mean, it's got that Faith Hill song, yeah. which, which we discovered was, was written by Mar Mariah Carey. 
earth shattering for me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But then it's also got like Ben Folds has a great song on it. Yeah. Eels have a great song on it. Trans-Siberian Orchestra has a really good song on it. I mean, we're, there's going to be a whole episode of this podcast just dedicated to the Trans-Siberian Orchestra because yeah, like... Of course, there has to be. They, there's very few bands that represent Christmas time yeah. quite like Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Yeah. But the, the things that jumped out at me when I saw this movie for the first time was three big things. Okay. And you already said one of them as we were sitting down to record, but it's the best version of Max. Yes. That they've ever had. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cindy Lou is a badass in this movie. Yeah. Where she's always kind of just been like quiet girl who says the right thing at the end yeah. of the movie. And they went in a different direction where it's not just that the Grinch is an asshole, but it's that the Grinch is suffering from severe depression and trauma as a child. Yeah, and it's it's throughout the 2019 Grinch, I never hate him. No. And I don't think you should hate him. No. Because there's always like like you see there's the one part in the movie. There's a couple parts in the movie that really hint at this. They never outwardly say, "Hey, it's about depression." But yeah. if you've ever dealt with depression, you definitely oh, yeah. see the you familiar see signs. Mm-hmm. Um and the one part is when he's walking up from the big Christmas tree display and the narrator says like, you know, he thought maybe it would be fine for him to go down and try to celebrate Christmas. And like, he says, no, it's better this way. Yeah. And he just sits alone by his fire. Yeah. And it's like, there's stuff like that. Where it's like, if you've dealt with depression, you know, that moment where you could very easily go and join a group of friends and like have a good time. But something in your brain's like, no, 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 I'm way better off just staying completely alone and isolated. Yeah, and I mean his interactions with with other characters in the 2000s version versus versus this one. We have the um I, the, the the name of the characters uh escaping me, but it's Keenan Thompson. Oh, uh, I wrote him down. Okay. Bricklebum because he has so many good quotes in this yes, movie. <laughs> so many good quotes. And where if this character was interacting with the 2000s version, the Jim Carrey version of the Grinch, he would have murdered him. He would have straight up murdered him. <laughs> so so the I wrote down a couple brickle bum lines and I, I wanna dive into these. Uh the first time you meet him, he's introduced as the happiest who on the planet, and he's putting together his giant Christmas display, yeah. and the Grinch is trying to stealthily move past without being seen. And just as the Grinch is getting past one of the inflatables, he turns on all the inflatables and this giant frosty inflatable like knocks the Grinch out. And he runs up to the inflatable and starts hitting the inflatable and goes, you leave Mr. Grinch alone. (laughs) (laughs) But but then later on, the Grinch tries to steal the sleigh from the house and the dog is chasing him. And the Grinch accidentally rings the doorbell with his foot and then climbs out of the way. So when he opens the door, the dog's out there and he goes, now who taught Mabel how to ring the doorbell? (laughs) Yeah, I don't understand because I feel like his character was part of the the hatred for yeah. this movie. And I love his character. He's basically playing one of my favorite Keenan Thompson characters on SNL, which is Willie the over-optimistic neighbor. Yeah. Like yeah. he's just playing that role, but the last line and this is a line to live by, which is he runs up and gives the Grinch a hug at the end of the movie and the Grinch is just standing there and he goes, "It don't count unless you hug back, buddy." Oh. Uh, <laughs> it, it's true. Yeah. It's true. I think one of the things that stands out is kind of what you described in our first instance where we meet Mr. Brittlebaum is you're saying the Grinch is just trying to sneak by. Yeah. 
He's just trying to get by. He's not he's trying not, to cause chaos. He yeah, just exactly. doesn't want to get noticed. Exactly. Whereas, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry that I keep bringing it up. It's That's my frame of reference. It's yeah. that 2000s Grinch where he's like fucking with the post office yeah. and just being an overall asshole. Well, that's the thing. Like, you know, early on in the movie, we do have the scene where the Grinch goes to town and he really doesn't want to go to town versus no. like you said, like in the 2000s one, the Grinch would happily go to town yeah. to cause chaos. He's yep. just like, oh my God, we have to get food. I don't want to go there. It's Christmas time. It's the worst time for me yeah. to have to go to the shop. So like, he's a little bit of a dick. Yeah. And there's little stuff like moving things to the top shelf. Moving or, things yeah, to the top like, shelf. But, but there's nothing like the way he acted in that. No. In the, 2000s version and and there's like even a scene where he his first interaction with cindy lou who she's very determined to mail her letter yeah and he doesn't know what the letter is about he just mm-hmm. knows that it's definitely a letter to santa mm-hmm. and he says oh isn't that just the christmas spirit it's all about me 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 like you could have killed me if you were riding a sled but who cares about me i'm just missed and it's like yeah that seems like assholeish but again if you've dealt with depression exactly it's like yeah you have those thoughts when yeah. like someone does something that kind of gets under your skin and then they bring the attention back to themselves instead of apologizing. It's just like, well, of course you would do that. Why wouldn't you care about me? I'm just a nobody. Like it's just a very, it's, it's very intelligent when it, in the way that it does it. And do you know who directed this? Cause this was wild. To who me. did direct this? Scott Mosier. Like the Scott Mosier? Like the Scott like Mosier. Kevin Smith, Scott Kevin Smith's Mosier. best friend, Scott Mosier. Oh my, Cause what did he do? He did that movie. Freebirds. Freebirds. Which I didn't see. Did you see Freebirds? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember early. We're actually huge Freebird apologists. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, cause it's funny. Cause for me, I was early on, on Smodcast. Like when I heard Kevin yeah. Smith had a podcast Same with here. Scott Mosier. From episode one. Yeah. I dove in. I've kind of fallen out as like there's been like 40 different versions of the Kevin Smith podcast. The the problem is like Smodcast has become again it kind of began as this where it was just like news stories but at this point I'm like I want to hear more of like what's Scott up to like like, what are these what are you guys doing not there there is no more check-ins at least in the recent episodes that I've watched or listened to where it's been like all right we just got this news story let's talk about this yeah. news story but yeah from like episode 1 i mean i was all in on smodcast walrus yes yeah. like like 100% tusk i just don't <laughs> like the movie but i liked the concept i like parts of that movie there are parts of that movie that are extremely unsettling yeah I just I, I want Kevin Smith to make comedies again, and and then he yeah. did, and I was like, oh, this was just okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so is that your your feelings on the reboot? Yeah. Yeah, that it was just okay. Yeah. I watched it, and hashtag Did you cry? I did. No, and the, I cried. The, the ben Affleck scene for I, sure. I cried during a, a, and that's the problem that I had with the movie was that like I hate when I'm watching a movie and I don't enjoy it, and then there's really good moments, and I'm like, yeah. well, why can't the movie be more of these good moments? Yeah. It just felt too. It, I don't know. There was something very weird to me about having his own daughter have such sexualized dialogue. Yeah, and everybody's like, everybody always hates on Rob Zombie for putting Sherry Moon in movies. And I can, I believe that Sherry Moon is a decent actress. Yeah, she's all right. I think Harley Quinn Smith is the worst. Like, seriously. <laughs> and Sean Ward, if you're listening, I know you're a Yoga Hoser apologist, but dude, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> now, I do want to bounce over to, uh, there is one, a few scenes that I wrote down when I rewatched it that just made me kind of chuckle. Um, but the biggest, the two biggest ones 
that made me laugh is in the very beginning when he goes in the town and he's literally being stalked by carolers yes. that are just yes. following him everywhere. Yeah. And also when he blows a reindeer horn and it draws a screaming goat that just yes. shows up. But something that I realized while rewatching this is that I really like the 2019 Grinch. Mm-hmm. It might actually be one of the only Illumination films that I truly love. Really? I, I've always tolerated illumination like okay i don't hate their movies if they're on in the background it's fine but like i never was big into despicable me okay. nor the minions i was never big on the hotel transylvania films okay yeah that's right that was illumination and like even like secret lives of lives of pets i always felt like when i saw both of those movies that the trailer sequences were the best the parts best parts yeah so i was like okay and they kind of just we were talking about this when we were setting up the mics they lean on a lot of the yeah. exact same beats. Yeah, we were talking about that before. Like, you're going to hear uh, a hip-hop song while the angry character is getting ready in the morning. Yeah. Um, probably Pharrell. Yeah, almost almost always. <laughs> it's always Pharrell. You're going to have weird close-ups of people's butts dancing or exercising or exactly. something. Like, There's always going to be that like moment where a character is just being absolutely absurd and like is like dancing or something and it's always like a close-up of either their crotch or their, or their butt, butt or yeah. something like every that. single time it's it's just it's stuff like that where it's like okay like i mean it's fine i'm sure it makes kids chuckle and that's like yeah, all that I and mean, that's it, what they're going for that's what it's for but i do just i'm like oh god it, i wish that this movie was more sophisticated not even that it was more sophisticated <laughs> that it just didn't lean on like these beats that the i've tropes. seen a thousand yeah, times in every illumination exactly. movie I mean, you and I being huge Muppets fans, there's ways to cater to adults and kids without having to have those beats. And that's the thing. And and that's kind of like where I get from. I, I kept talking to people about this recently. I don't know why this kept coming up, but I was like, my dream, like, you know how like you always have like, this is the perfect, the perfect world for me is like, I follow these beats. Yeah. And like my ultimate end goal is like, I write for the Muppets. Like that's like okay. the end goal. Like whatever my career yeah. path takes me, the finish line should be, I write for the Muppets. Well, if, and I hate sounding as pessimistic as this will sound, as long as Disney does not kill the Muppets, well, this point forward, you might have a chance. But that's the problem. Like, that's the problem is like, I feel like, I don't want to say I'm the only one that gets the Muppets, but what I think is that they're getting the wrong people to control the Muppets. Yeah. This is just me speaking as a fan, but I think a lot of fans would agree with this statement that we don't need a modern Muppets. No. If you want to bring back the Muppets... The best way to do it. If I was sitting down with Disney right now, yeah. my pitch would be, we're going to make Muppet Show Season 6. Yeah. And we're just going to pick it up. Make it a variety show. Just yeah. pick it up literally where the le- like the episode, the last episode from 1980 yeah. ended. All of a sudden, we're back in 2000, whatever. And it's just beat for, bring back Pigs in Space. Bring back yeah. like the just the snappy dialogue and like the weird skits and like musical guests or like celebrities singing or like whatever. Yeah. And that's what I loved about the Muppets movie with Jason Siegel was that yeah. it was it was almost a perfect yep. like setup to start a new Muppet yeah. show he in got that it. theater. He got it. And like then 100%. yeah, and I like I mean I like Muppets Most Wanted. I I watched it once. I've it's never fine. gone back to it. It's fine, but it's it I definitely love the feels Muppets, like I love the 2011 version. And it feels Jason Siegel's presence is so noticeably missing. Yeah, we're on such a tangent, but it's an important. It doesn't tangent. matter. This it's this, an important this means tangent. more to me than yeah. <laughs> is that like Jason Siegel got that what makes a Muppet movie work? What truly makes a Muppet movie work is 
multiple small cameos from celebrities scattered amongst the movie, but mm-hmm. that the Muppets are the core of yes. the story. Yeah. And Muppets Most Wanted, I think, went right back to like what I don't like in Muppets movies. And this isn't like Muppets Christmas Carol is absolutely one of my favorite yeah. Muppets films. But it set this terrible precedent where it's like, oh, well, we don't need to get a bunch of celebrities. We just need one big celebrity. Yeah. And make them the focal point of the movie. It's like, I'm not watching the Muppets for Tim Carey. No. I'm watching the Muppets for the Muppets. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, like I watched uh, the 2011 version and absolutely love the songs. Oh, the it songs are like, great. Like, absolutely phenomenal. And I watched it for the Muppets, but the, the little, like, just pop-ups where you're like oh my god mickey rooney had like a single line in this song exactly donald glover pops up for two seconds ken jong yeah is the host of that tv show like i i loved it but i wasn't watching you were that. you were following the muppet exactly exactly and that's like the thing that always like especially those first three movies those first three movies work so well because they don't linger on the celebrity cameo as much as they just they bring in people who know how to interact with the muppets yeah. like Steve Martin knows how to interact yes. with a Muppet. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. John Denver knew how yeah. to interact with a Muppet. Yeah. As much as I love Tina Fey and I know how much Tina Fey loves Muppets. Yeah. When I watch that movie, I'm like, I don't know if she actually knew how to interact with a Muppet. No. And I mean, <laughs> like, I feel like. Because you just have to sell it like it is just another exactly, human being. Exactly. Like, and it's one of those things that you were just saying. It works in small increments. Yeah. Like after a while, unless you're a certain type of actor you cannot pull it off you no. cannot interact with muppets for an hour and a half no unless you're michael kane and you're just like fuck it i'm going for this but even <laughs> then michael kane never once do you feel like he's acting in a muppets movie no, and that's what makes it all. work yeah, so much exactly so back to the grinch <laughs> <laughs> the, i love our transitions here oh yeah back um, to the grinch i think you and i can both agree that we would love to live in a town that has a gigantic crazy Christmas decoration like that crazy ass tree in the middle of town where just like living in a town where everybody is 100% gung-ho that it is time to decorate the shit out of our town yeah (laughs) yeah um I would absolutely love that and I'd love for for them to be on the same level as you or I yeah where they keep it going so right after Christmas I had put up a Facebook status about the 26th being the saddest day of the year. Yeah. Which we both agree on. For sure. It can be very sad. Christmas, post-Christmas depression's real. In the darkest corners of the internet, a nameless, formless entity has been growing. No one dares question where it was created or what it wants, but those who have been entranced by its musings chant its blood-curdling name in unison. Find Horror Movie Night on your favorite podcasting app or at hmnpodcast.com. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics.
Yeah. And two or three people were like, well, Christmas is actually 12 days long. And that, like, it was, it was, they went back to the religious connotations and yeah. stuff like that. And I wanted to get it out there that that's not what I meant. No. What I mean is, like, December 26th, nobody's like, come on, guys, like, let's go out and sing Christmas carols yeah. and let's bake Christmas cookies. The decorations start coming down. Exactly. I, I mean, I'm a, a firm believer, at least in my house for years, it was that the decorations stay up and then on Christmas or a New Year's Day, you start to take them down. Yeah. Man, I hate the people that are like, well, December 26th, time to take yeah. them down. It's like, no. Yes. <laughs> like, I've been both. Yeah. I've been both of them before. And they never come down because I'm like, all right, it's over. Let's take them down. <laughs> it's always been like, this is depressing to look at because yeah. the season's over. So it's never been like. That's why you got like, to get them down. I say you keep those Christmas lights up right there over yeah, the archway. Man, got, There's no reason to ever take them down. Nope, we're surrounded by Christmas lights in here, and there are certain ones that will stay up. We we kind of focused on the Grinch stuff, and I want to bounce back to him later. Yeah, but we definitely kind of mentioned it and glossed over like Max and Cindy Lou. We've got to yeah. dive into how good and, and honestly, well they're represented. I, in I, this. I hate the the we get on the reindeer like like people hated the damn. Oh, Fred the uh, Reindeer? Fred the Reindeer. I loved him. I love Fred the Reindeer, 100%. <laughs> I mean, that's what these movies need. That's but, what I want from my Grinch movie. I want goofy comedy. And he he represents an early part of before the Grinch's heart grows three sizes. Yeah. There's that moment where Fred finds his family and the Grinch suddenly realizes, oh, this guy has a family. Yeah. He's not a loner like myself. Exactly. And he just lets him go and says, it's okay, Fred. Like, yeah, like it's those moments where you're like, he's not a bad guy. No, he just is looking for his, I, I hate this phrase because people say it all the time, but he's looking for his tribe. Yeah. He's looking for other lonely people at Christmas to yeah. spend time with, but he's not going to force Fred to be lonely. Exactly. To be his exactly. friend. It's, it's a very like, I think people don't understand that scene as much as they should sometimes yeah. where it's yeah. like oh well why did you even introduce him he was just there for gags and it's like yeah like he was there for gags but he also is a very big piece of showing that yeah. the Grinch is a good person there's a reason for growth there's a reason the Grinch is growing in this movie and it's not oh my god I'm hearing those people singing and I'm super excited now and well, now I love Christmas well, <laughs> and, and like again Max isn't Going back to Max, Max isn't a mistreated dog nope. in this movie no. the way that he is. Grinch, like, legitimately loves, loves Max. Him. Yeah, like, yeah. And I mean, like, those two are, like you just said, two peas in a pod. I mean, yeah. like, the the Max helps the Grinch with his depression. I yeah. mean, waking up in the morning, Max is, like, there Setting the to coffee. Do, yeah, yeah, just getting him ready for his day. I love the relationship between these two in this movie. For sure. It's very charming. It's very sweet. And, like, you get that moment before the Grinch even, like, he returns the gifts, but, you know, at the end of that, he returns the gifts, and then he's going back up yeah. to stay alone. Yeah. Like, he's isolating himself. But... Because his heart grew three sizes, he buys Max a, a Christmas gift. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, that's like that really sweet moment where it's like, even if he didn't come back down to Whoville, you could have ended there and felt like you had seen the yeah. growth. Now you need him going back to Yeah, Whoville. you need like, him go, going back to Whoville. But, I mean, that's the ultimate payoff. But but no, I agree. I agree. We could have ended it with him doing that. And you were still like, okay, there was growth. He grew. Whereas I feel like in the 2000s version, and honestly, even in the original, there's not a real payoff there's also no like so i don't remember the 2000s one at all but i remember the cartoon one where it's like 
he just kind of brings back the gifts and then all is well. Yeah. And I like that in this one, he's like, he gives back the gifts, but he's like, I'm sorry that I ruined your Christmas and walks away. Yeah. Which is like the more human thing to do if you were to steal everybody's Christmas stuff. You wouldn't just be like returning it and be like, aren't I a hero yes. now? Like, yep. Yeah. Like, you'd be very shameful about it. You'd be like, hey, I'm really sorry. This was a terrible thing. Here's your stuff. Bye. And like, get yeah. out of that situation as quickly as possible. So... I'm sitting here and and I'm thinking about the 2000s version of the Grinch because it, it's so stylistic that it just sticks out in my head so yeah. much. I think what would have made that movie better is if you gave like keep the aesthetic the same, give the movie to Tim Burton, yeah, and let him do it. I mean, I'm gonna say that I don't think that we need a live action Grinch. I think no. every single time that I've seen anyone try to do it, both when it was uh, Ron Howard or yeah. just this year I saw that they tried to do like a live musical version of it apparently it was awful it's I did just, not watch it it's just it doesn't even Scrubs does like a Grinch thing yeah, it just never yeah. looks good no someone dressed as the Grinch never does not looks look good. good so if you're gonna give it to me you like I guess you'd have to like CGI the character you if have we to. must do if it if you must do it but at the same time it's like well then just CGI the whole damn thing exactly I don't I don't need it and I really don't need it to be an hour and 45 minutes long. Yeah, Ron Howard really made like the Batman Returns version of yeah. Google. Like yeah. it is really dark and weird, like German expressionist. Yeah, <laughs> it's really weird. And I love tacky Christmas, but it is super tacky Christmas. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There's just something about that movie. And maybe it is because it's on all the time. And it's an hour and 45 minutes long. And people that show it on TV make it two and a half hours long because yeah. of the commercials. I, <laughs> I'm going to be pissing so many people off because I know that they're listening to this. Yeah, and they, hey, they man, love it. But, people love it. But dude, I just can't get behind it. I just don't get it. The Grinch is such an ass. People people do that Whamageddon thing every December, but like Oh god. I would I would happily do like a Grinch again where it's just like just avoid the Jim Carrey Grinch yeah. until the end of December. Yeah, yeah. Uh because I like I, I never realized that the Whamageddon thing, I was reading the rules for the first time ever that it's like, oh, you can listen to every other version yeah, of Last Christmas. Yeah, you just can't listen it's to just that just avoiding version of it. the Wham one. Yeah. Which I've discovered recently, Carly Rae Jepsen's version, which is just fire. Yeah. Her version of Last Christmas is fantastic. Dude, that song is great. And I don't understand why there is such like a disdain, disdain for the it, Wham version. Because of the... I brought this up, I think, during, during our Christmas carols versus Christmas songs. It is so 80s. Yeah. And in a world right now where we are so obsessed with the 80s, the fact that people are hating on the new Wonder Woman because it wasn't 80s, 80s enough. enough. Yeah. It's I, I think that the problem is the internet becomes this weird hive mind where they yeah. all jump on the same. Yep. It's kind of, I, I know we're bringing up a, a source, but it's kind of, again, why I don't like the Krampus stuff as yeah. much as everybody else is that it's just like the weird internet hive mind has just all at once decided Krampus is great. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, yeah. Like I got yeah. nothing against Krampus, but like I, I'm looking at a, a Morty doll. It's the Szechuan sauce. It's that. Yeah. It's that whole like, man, you guys are ruining a good thing. Yeah. Or you're all hating on something that doesn't really necessitate this much yeah. hate. Yeah. But you've all just like, I mean, here's my controversial statement that I've always made. I love Never Gonna Give You Up. I will happily be Rickrolled okay. by anybody because it's yeah, a good song. It is a good song. Like people just song. like jumped on this thing like, oh, this song's stupid. So like, yeah. let's make it a meme. And it's like, I just, I just like the the 
connotation of the people that love Krampus where they're like, fuck Christmas. I'm into Krampus. Yeah. Like, I'm fucking metal. I'm badass. <laughs> like, no, I love Krampus, but, you know, like, I'm also super holly jolly. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about Cindy Lou. Yes. Uh, so Cindy Lou who, just like the whole relationship between her and her mom, her mom is like, Single mom working a yeah. shit ton of jobs, and Cindy Lou, who's like, all I want for Christmas is my mom to have somebody to help her yeah. around the house. You know what I mean? Essentially, yeah. that's like all she wants. But like her and her like crew of friends, yeah. it's very, it, it's very South Park. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I love I, it. And I, I love little badass. Cindy yeah, Lou. dude, them like riding on their bikes to Run DMC's Christmas yes. and Hollis are just like hell yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. Oh my god, it's so good, and it's it's. In contrast to the Cindy Lou who's that we had had before. Yeah, they're just like, are you Santa? Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, that's all they do. Like, that's the other the other big or thing. Or they sing Mariah Carey smash hits covers <laughs> Where of are you Faith Christmas? Hill songs. <laughs> I, I, uh, I guess that's the, that's the thing that tied me the most to liking this specific Cindy Lou. Is that, like, I'm thinking about the Christmas, the, the original Grinch Who Stole Christmas. Yeah. And she really doesn't do anything. No, she comes down. She's like, hey, are you Santa? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to fix this bulb that's broken. Yeah. She's like, all right. He's like, here's some milk. And then she goes to bed. Yeah. Like, she doesn't do anything else, really. No. And her like, gag is that her name rhymes with who. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's, that's about it. Which is like, I like that they still do that sequence in this. Yeah. But instead of just leaving it there, she's the one that actively like goes and knocks on the door and is yeah. like, you should come and join us. Yeah. Like, and she has my favorite line. I remember in the theater hearing this line for the first time and just sobbing. Yeah. He says, why are you doing this? And she turns around and it's not like a negative way. She just goes, you've been alone long enough. Yeah. There's a way that someone could interpret that written out or even the way I said it. Which is like, you've done your time. Yeah. But it's not that. It's mm -hmm. it's very much like, I'm sick of you, seeing you do this. Yeah. And if no one, like someone has to come and break this cycle, so it might as well be me. Yeah. And I feel like in the 2000s version, she was very overbearing. Like yeah. she wanted, it felt like she wanted credit for saving the Grinch. Yeah. In the ways <laughs> that, that she acted. Yeah. It was just like, hey, I see a problem and I'm going to fix it. And that's yeah. so in keeping with her character throughout the whole movie yeah is that and it's not just based around like the it, the entire running time isn't cindy luhu trying to fix the grinch no she's trying to mail her letter to santa exactly. she wants to see santa to get her yes. wish yeah it's such a good movie what i was going to say about the the smodcast stuff earlier was that like i remember early smodcast scott Moser talking about how he really wants to write kids yeah movies and yeah. it's like He's kind of good at it. Yeah, he is. He's <laughs> like, definitely good at it. And I'm excited to see where he goes from here. And honestly, you bringing out that this was directed by him kind of makes me want to go back and check out Freebirds, even though I think he was just a producer on it. I don't think he directed it. He's currently writing the or he for a while wrote the Ultimate Spider-Man TV series. Oh, I've heard good things. I, yeah. I need to check it out. Maybe that's what Kevin Smith's missing. That Mosier touch. I definitely think that his eye is missing yeah. a lot of time because I think that Kevin Smith, from what I've learned from listening to him and watching a bunch of his movies, is some people work better with restraints and a net. Yeah. And I yeah. think giving Kevin Smith full reign of everything 
is not the like yeah. I think he needs people. We were talking about this on Facebook. Yeah. Mallrats needed someone to step in yes. and be like, yeah. yo. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I I uh, recently rewatched Mallrats and we had a conversation about the extended original cut. Oh my god, there's like 30 to 45 minutes of absolute just nothing, nothing. happening. Yeah. Complete just and all of Boring. his movies have that. All of his first cuts of his movies yeah. were always like almost three hours long. Yeah. Like, I think I read like like Clerks. I think the first edit was like three hours. Yeah. The first edit of Chasing Amy was three hours. Yeah, like No he, need. No, yeah. He no needs need someone to come all. in and be like, here's the heart of your story. Stick with. Like, yeah. Because he's funny and he's funny and he knows how to do stuff that like is very heartfelt simultaneously. But I do think that it's something that my brother and I talk about all the time. Like. If I see a movie and it's written, directed, and edited all by the same person, I'm already feeling a little bit of dread because it's like yeah. you need someone to rein you in. Yeah. At a certain point, you are so close to the material that you're never going to see it as anything but exactly what you want it to be. And you need exactly. those extra eyes to be like, eh, I don't think this is hitting the way you want it to hit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and, and and one of my things is like, Kevin Smith is known for his dialogue. I'm, so, I'm sorry, my cat has, has hopped up and that's made totally a home fine. On, on Matt. So <laughs> I hope that's okay. Um, Kevin Smith is known for his dialogue, right? Yeah. Like he's known for writing good dialogue. Why did he remake the movie that had the worst <laughs> of his movies? Like, if I want a Jay and Silent Bob reboot, if I want a reboot of a Viewers Universe property, the last one I want to reboot of is Jay and Silent Bob yeah. Strikes Back. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting choice, and I will say the flip side is that everything that I've ever read about the man or any story that I've ever heard of anybody who's met him. I think that he's a great oh, dude. Oh, yeah, 100%. It, I could listen to him talk about random shit. I'm one of those people who are like, what's Kevin Smith think about this? <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that's the thing. Like, it's almost like one of those things where I want him to be doing better movies yeah. because of how much I love him yeah, as a person. He reminds me of us. Yeah. Like, he likes liking things yeah like that's the thing i love when a new nerd property comes out and i just see a picture of kevin smith sobbing yeah where he's like oh my god it made me cry the most yeah. recent was mandalorian before that it was the whatever marvel movie was happening yeah. at the time like, it's and that's like the that's the cool thing with kevin smith and it's like you know like i'm of that group that's like kind of turned on tim burton a little bit where it's like yeah. all right you seem like you're a bit of an asshole and you yeah. haven't made anything that i've liked since big fish so like okay yeah. i'm content like checking out of your movies yeah but like i will still loyally watch everything that kevin smith makes even though yep. i kind of know i'm not gonna like it but it's like i want him to make a movie that makes me feel the way that like chasing amy and clerks made me feel yeah Exactly. But uh, Grinch. Grinch 2012. Grinch, Grinch 2012. 2019. 2019. Oh, my Holy God. Holy hell. Um, yeah. He's like, I, let's get this out of out of this hell year and as far away yeah. as possible from this hell year. It's a great movie. I recommend it, it very, very highly. It is a great movie. It's a brisk watch. You'll get yeah. through it super quick. It's 80 minutes. And that's the all way you it need. should be. That's all you need. You don't, you don't need. All movies do not need to be epics. No. Oh, I'm sorry, I, and I feel like honestly, it's gotten worse. It oh, it's gotten, gotten worse. Better. I think that there was a quote that I remember from John Waters, who is always a good person to go to yeah. for movie advice. And he was like, "If you can't tell your story in 90 minutes, you're not telling a good story." No, it's true. It's <laughs> like, true. It's true. And I get the want to expand these worlds and like the Marvel movies and the Star Wars movies and stuff like that. 
But still, there even those movies could have plenty Dude, cut out and make them better. I was even really happy. I know some people were bitching about it, but The Mandalorian this season mostly being like 30-minute episodes. Yeah. I was like, hell yeah, just get in, that's get to the, the point, point and get out. That's the one thing that's kind of stopped me is I loved the first season. I'm only three episodes into the second season. Do not worry, guys. The entire thing has been spoiled for me because we live in 2020. Say. That's not what was deterring me. It was, do I want to sit here and watch eight 45 to an hour episode yeah and they just got smaller the first episode was like an hour and then like the second episode was 40 minutes and then for a while it was just like here's some 25 to 30 minute episodes of mandalorian i was like all right and i like that my favorite (laughs) thing is like let's talk about a tv episode like cool 20 minutes done like let's go (laughs) (laughs) well that's i i think that there's something about bite size where it's like all right cool you get in you tell the story you're like when you have the constraint of 20 to 30 minutes, you're really only telling the essential pieces of the exactly. story. There's no lingering. Like, save that for a movie. Yeah. Because I, I think at its core, every movie could be summarized in 22 minutes. Yeah. But, like, you want to let things breathe and you want the storylines Yeah, to I think we've gotten so used to, like, we're post-Breaking Bad. Yeah. Like, where people are viewing TV and movies almost interchangeably at yeah. this point. That doesn't mean that every episode of television needs to be 60 to 90 minutes long. No. We we do not need 10 90 minute long episodes of Stranger Things. I'll tell you my biggest <laughs> my biggest beef right now as a person who watches a lot of trash television yeah is like 90 day fiance going from a 41 minute show to an hour and 22 minute oh, show. God. I don't need an hour and 22 minutes of these people's lives. No. 41 minutes. Perfect. Get yeah. me in there. Let me see the weird stuff and get me out. Yeah. I was a binger. Yeah. And I can't do it anymore. No, binging is like, I love that like Mandalorian was weekly. I love that like Netflix did Great British Baking Show weekly. Like I am all about bringing back weekly streaming content. I haven't watched the new season of The Boys yet because I don't want to sit there and dedicate. But see, that was your chance because The Boys was really sweet. I know, I know, I know, I know. But that's the thing is like, (laughs) it's, it's. It's, it was cool having like a water cooler show. Exactly. Like it was cool to like literally Friday night. I was going to watch the boys. Yeah. And then Saturday when we were after we were done recording horror movie night, Brian Scott and I would be like, holy shit, the boys yeah. lit yesterday. Like that was a really cool thing to look forward to. Yeah. I need to get back to that because I contradict myself because I'm one bad at television. I'm bad yeah. at weekly television, keeping up with what's going on. But I am also not good at, okay, all eight episodes are out. I want to sit here and watch this for eight yeah, you got to find your, you gotta <laughs> like, find your like, there's got to be a happy spot. medium in there um, mine is that I have a bunch of shows where and and my friend Kathleen will lose her mind that I say this because she's like well if you're not watching you're not watching yeah but like I have the shows that are like this is great for when I'm working because it's kind of just like a background noise show and I don't have to vi- like 90 day fiance I don't yeah. have to be invested in it I can look up at the screen and see the crazy shit that's happening and then yeah. go right back to my life but then there's certain shows where it's like, oh, well, this is a Saturday show. Yeah. This is like, I'm staying indoors Saturday and I'm going to knock out this season because yeah. I really want to give it the time and attention that it deserves. Yeah. And that's where like the the Friday drops for like the weekly content was fantastic for me because it was like, all right, yeah. Friday night, Saturday morning, I'm going to knock out like, especially when Disney Plus first came out and every Friday night, it was like six shows had like yeah. their weekly drops. I was like, ooh, I'm going to watch Jeff Goldblum. I'm going to check out High School Musical, the musical, the series. I'm going to see what's yeah. going on with Encore. Like, it was great. I need Encore to come back real bad. But <laughs> yeah, I need to check that. You guys were talking about that when we were guesting on uh, Jersey Ghouls. Encore and- is that's such your show. Yeah. Like, that's like a, it's a rainy day. I can't go outside. 
put on fucking encore yeah and just watch the whole show and oh, you're just because it's literally just music list. it's show tunes yeah it's just hours and hours of show tunes that's awesome yeah <laughs> i'll definitely add that to my list yeah i need that because honestly like my thing that has stopped me from enjoying tv or even movies and my backlog just continues to grow it's honestly my cell phone addiction, dude. Yeah, it's t- so I just sit there and scroll, and I will waste hours, hours just scrolling and looking at the same nonsense. And that's where I've st- started to force myself to watch things with other people. Yeah, or like I'll be watching something with my parents, or I'll watch something with Taylor because I feel like if I pick my phone up, I'm being rude. Yeah, so I'm like, I just leave this here. We're gonna watch this thing. My big one that I used to do. I mean, obviously now it's been a pandemic, so I haven't done this for a hot minute. But like when I was like, especially if I was hanging out with like someone who I had an interest in, Mm -hmm. I would put the phone on silent. I would put it in my coat pocket and then I would hang my coat somewhere far away. So it was like nowhere near me. Yeah. Like I had and and it was like there's nothing distracting me from having a good just eye to eye contact conversation and memory with somebody to me anyway. No one else ever seems to interpret it this way. Yeah. But it's also like, there is nothing more important than what I'm doing with you right now. I don't yeah. care who's texting me or calling me. Like, yeah. which I think is sweet. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. And on that day, ladies and gentlemen, our hearts grew three, three sizes. sizes. <laughs> Merry Christmas, buddy. Merry Christmas, Matt. Whoa. Oh, whoa. listening to the Geekscape Network. In the darkest corners of the internet, a nameless, formless entity has been growing. No one dares question where it was created or what it wants, but those who have been entranced by its musings chant its blood-curdling name in unison. Find Horror Movie Night on your favorite podcasting app or at hmnpodcast.com. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.